स्मार्ट यू आर लिसनिंग टू अमिंट प्रोडक्शन टू Hi Shifra, good to talk to you again. Uh, so Ram, let's start by understanding how does inflation impact investments. Well, the simple answer is that uh, inflation erodes the value of uh, money over time. What costs hundred uh, rupees today, you know, will definitely cost two hundred rupees in six or seven or eight years. Uh, if you take the classic example, when uh, the Tata started the Taj Kolaba Hotel hundred and eighteen years ago. The room used to cost only rupees six, but today it costs uh, you know twenty, twenty-five, thirty thousand rupees. Uh, that's a very simple number, you know, which highlights the impact of inflation. Not only for luxury goods, but more importantly for the day-to-day stuff like uh, food, uh, grains, oil, vegetables, uh, education, uh, buying a car. So pretty much everything is subject to inflation. So it's one's uh, primary duty to protect your investments. against the corrosive effect of inflation over time right and uh, what would you suggest investors should invest during high inflation as is the case now i think uh, <clears throat> investors should definitely look at uh, any investment which which will uh, grow with time and which can bear the vicissitudes or the headwinds of uh, high costs high inflation so obviously putting your money under the mattress is not going to help because it will be pretty much useless putting your money in a so called safe bank deposit also may not really help because a it is taxed on the notional income and b inflation anyway beats it down so if you put let's say 1 lakh in a fd and it makes you 1 lakh 5000 after one year well uh, in terms of inflation that 1 lakh may be worth only 90 98000 rupees sorry that 1 lakh 5000 would be worth only 98000 or 97000 in today's terms so you are actually running falling back on the treadmill that is inflation now does it mean that you buy any other uh, investment you know the other avenues are gold you know real estate etc but over a period of time uh, and and i have actually done uh, quite a bit of analysis on this what we found is that uh, there is one study in the us because there's a lot of data in us going back 
50-60 years in a structured way. There was a study done between 1954 and 2021 and uh, especially around inflationary periods. And they found that uh, companies with the highest pricing power and, and you can measure pricing power by bucketing companies into five uh, brackets. So the companies in the top bracket uh, or the top fifth, uh, they outperformed the ones in the bottom fifth by almost 5% every year across a very long time period of 67 years. Now that may sound very, uh, 5% may not sound very uh, big, but 5% over 67 time period means that your money would be around 18 to 20 times more than if you had invested in lower inflation instruments like uh, stocks. So the answer is A, make sure your money is invested in the right asset class and within the right asset, within that asset class, it is invested in the right stocks. Why is this really important to invest in companies with pricing power? After all, inflation means price is eating you. So you, you, to be ahead of the curve, you have to invest in companies which have pricing power. And, and here, pricing power doesn't necessarily always mean that the company is able to raise prices all the time. Because in inflationary periods, the consumers tend to become very conservative. They tend to be very shy of spending because uh, obviously, you know, the money is not stretching long enough for them. So they would want to conserve their money. Uh, in such times, a company which is able to have pricing power is one which is able to keep prices stable or which is able to keep costs lower in times of inflation. And this is a big differentiator because we've seen that companies which can A, pass on cost hikes to customers or which can keep prices stable, but focus on maximizing production, maximizing productivity, maximizing cash allocation, deprioritizing other projects, higher automation, etc. are able to increase their efficiency and keep the prices stable. So, so the example, I mean, Asian Paints is a good example. Pedialyte is another example of companies which have been able to do it. The other example I can uh, give you is uh, Starbucks, which uh, because of its brand appeal and the exclusivity and uh, its ability to market better. It, you know, that company is able to offer seasonal items or flavors uh, and thereby keep the prices high. So the consumer psychology matters a lot here. A consumer is wanting to conserve cost, but having conserved cost on 10 items, they would not they would not mind splurging on one item, which gives them real joy. And that could be a Starbucks coffee or it could be a specific uh, brand of ice cream. So there is a lot of complex uh, psychology involved, but net-net, Investors have to make sure the money is invested in the right asset classes and stocks which are able to run ahead of inflation. That's right. That's that's actually very useful for people who do invest directly in stocks. But you know, there could also be. I mean, there is a cohort of investors who are safety seeking, who you know might not look at direct stock investing. So, what is your advice for them? See, I always have a three-letter mantra for this. Okay, I call this the LSG mantra, which is liquidity, safety, and growth. So every investor, just like I talked about the psychology of inflation and why certain companies are able to get ahead, there is psychology for investor also. Finally, I mean, all of you must have read about or heard of this book called The Psychology of Money. So I'm not <laughs> quoting anything from that book per se, but 
if you look at the psychology of the investor uh, there is l liquidity safety and growth and if the investor is locking away all their money in safety instrument how will it grow how will it beat inflation right. so an investor has to take a very mathematical or a cold view or take at least the help of a good advisor uh, a registered advisor who is able to help them in that journey by analyzing what is that i need for the next one year if i lose my job or if something bad happens which is liquidity and uh, the prescribed thumb rule here is keep about one year's worth of expenses in liquid in in liquid instruments liquid instrument could be a liquid fund ideally a bank deposit also can be considered though it's not really that efficient uh, but any one of them which but definitely not cash under the mattress uh, that is liquidity second is growth uh, sorry safety safety means what will protect me if something really bad happens okay so i use the word protect here so obviously insurance is also part of this here and insurance typically only term insurance because any other form of insurance doesn't really grow wealth and uh, you know that's an entirely different topic but uh, but just uh, suffice to say that um, make sure that there is sufficient money for the next 3 years or 5 years or 7 years depending upon your risk profile a highly conservative uh, investor maybe go for 10 years of uh, expenses so that you are uh, protected if something bad happens but what i unfortunately see is that lot of people have majority of their money locked in safety and uh, or they mistake safe uh, an asset class like real estate for safe uh, for growth some real estate uh, instruments would have given exceptional growth but think of them like a multi bagger stock not everybody can catch a multi bagger stock so it's very important to understand what is safety for me quantify that and the math that i typically give all uh, my clients is investments worth 3 or 5 years of uh, for your life and goals which are due within that time frame for example if you have a child who needs to go to college in 3 years time frame that entire block of money has to be in a safety instrument it should not be in a growth instrument because growth instruments tend to be high risk high return okay but having done this math then you will realize that are you know if 60% of my money is able to cater to all my worst case scenarios doomsday scenarios let the remaining 40% get into growth so that is how i would suggest a risk averse conservative investor ought to evaluate where they are and accordingly tweak their asset allocation right and do you think that debt funds especially for you know cpt seeking investors debt fund in fact benefit from inflation so it it's something that they should definitely have in their portfolio because you know they enjoy the indexation benefit yes yes and no to some extent uh yes definitely when i mentioned that even for liquidity keep the money in a liquid fund as opposed to a deposit it's primarily because you get the benefit of indexation uh see the ideal time when you need to use a liquid fund is never i'll repeat that let's say you've got 5 lakhs of amount which is uh, as a emergency fund now ideally that emergency should never come which means you will end up holding that for at least 3 years which means that whenever you withdraw that money at some point in time 
you will pay very low tax. Whereas if you put it in a deposit, you end up paying tax on the notional income every year. So coming to debt fund, the same logic applies. However, make make sure that you don't over invest in the debt fund bucket. Because what happens is inflation moves in cycles, interest rates move in cycles. And uh, when you have interest rates also uh, going up, the debt funds, typically their NAVs tend to fall. So if you are hoping to beat inflation and thereby put a large sum of money in a debt fund, and it so happens that the government or RBA decides to jack up the interest rates, what will happen is that these debt funds will experience a sudden fall in NAV. So you will see negative growth for a certain period of time. Until that time by when the debt fund would have accumulated new new fresh money into the higher interest bearing instruments and thereby the NAV then tends to recover. So don't try to time exiting entering debt funds based on inflation. Uh, make sure that you stay invested for at least three years in that. Uh, make sure that you go back to the LSG framework and put money in safety. In general, I always recommend safety money to be invested in a debt fund as opposed to a real estate or a insurance money back policy. Debt funds again are of two types that I'm typically interested in. One which are backed by the government of India where the risk is, the credit risk is zero. But there will definitely be an interest rate risk also in that. Like I just told you, right? When interest rates go up, the NAV falls. So there's an interest rate risk definitely there. The other kind of debt funds are not, they don't carry sovereign uh, backing, which means that these tend to be corporate bond funds. And uh, for a conservative investor, we typically recommend not getting into any of the non-government backed instruments, just because there's a small element of risk there. Could be small, it could be high. Recently, we had a situation where just when COVID hit, one fairly popular fund house had a huge problem in managing the redemptions and the uh, uh, on the high interest rate bearing instruments that they had, and 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 that fund that fund went through a lot of uh, turmoil. However, investors eventually didn't really get uh, too much of damage or very little damage. Uh, they got decent returns, but still, that experience was pretty bad for them. So. The short answer, uh, the summary to summarize uh, on this, uh, use debt funds for long-term safety goals. Don't try to time them for just for inflation indexation benefit. Right. So uh, coming to gold, because you know gold is touted as a hedge against inflation. Is that really yes. so? I mean, is it what the data also suggests? Actually, uh, um, if you look at long-term, I mean, see long-term as in if you look at a 10-year data, you will find that gold has given decent returns, uh, uh, you know, perhaps slightly uh, ahead of inflation. The, the the thing about gold is that it is, you know, the price of gold is something that we can't control. Even the government of India cannot control. It's a commodity and the price is controlled mostly outside of India. There's a lot of global demand supply going on there. Uh, and because there's a global angle involved, there's a foreign exchange angle also involved there. And uh, uh, therefore, uh, the price of gold is something that you know nobody can predict. But if you're like, taking a 10-year, 15-year, 20-year horizon, then, then the question begs us, why gold, why not an index fund or why not a good stock, which, which, which definitely has given far higher returns than gold. 
gold is useful when you are looking at a crisis a global crisis kind of a situation so gold is therefore in i in my opinion a crisis hedge and not an inflation hedge because when a global crisis typically happens let's say there is a global chaos there are wars happening everywhere and and this time actually if you see the ukraine war actually didn't uh, follow through on that uh, uh, prophecy but but let's say if a world war were to happen or if china attacks taiwan then chances are that uh, uh, the gold prices may shoot up and if you have a goal which is due at that time gol goal having a small exposure to gold it could be 5% 6% 4% depending on the portfolio size and the investor risk appetite you are better off redeeming some of that amount for that short term goal as opposed to redeeming redeeming a, a longer term investment which which may have fallen temporarily in that time period so goal thoda sa allocation is fine but treat it as a crisis hedge not not necessarily as an inflation hedge because the best inflation hedge end of the day comes back to uh, good quality companies which produce goods and services that you consume on a daily basis and where you are willing to pay a higher price right. i mean you are the best inflation hedge effectively as right. a consumer that's that's a very interesting take on gold you know how it's a crisis hedge and not an inflation hedge per se <laughs> okay so coming to the last question of the podcast you know to sum it up uh, ram Uh, what are the four or five steps uh, you would suggest that investors should take to cushion their investments and long-term goals against inflation? So we've covered parts of this already in the talk so far. Long-term goals typically are retirement, education of your child, and actually even your funding of your healthcare. Primarily, if, if I see these are long-term goals because healthcare expenses are, are also shooting up. Inflation is high. and and in your post retirement years making sure that there is a good uh, health policy uh, always helps it will give you less tension you can sleep well and healthcare expenses also go up by nature in old age uh, so these are the main main long term goals that one would have i mean i'm not counting things like a foreign vacation or a, a wedding etc wedding also can be considered actually uh, uh, just keeping that aside now obviously these three goals the question the next question is where are you are you closer to the closer to these goals or are you very young with one or two decades of earning ahead of you before these goals materialize so the answer varies based on where you are uh, so if you are closer to retirement if you are let's say in your 50s and you need to take care of all of this then your approach will be slightly different uh, and whereas if you are in your 30s the approach will be slightly different and i'll cover both of these and probably the answer to them is the approach in terms of the framework would be again go back to your liquidity safety and growth allocations between the various asset classes make sure that you're not overexposed or underexposed this is step 2 make sure you're not overexposed to real estate or bank deposits or overexposed to stocks also for that matter i mean you may you may be very aggressive investor but don't put 100% in stocks uh, put a number which is suitable for you it could be 70 30 70 30 uh, 70 being in equities or it could be 60 40 it could be whatever uh, basis that i mean or you could have a lot of wealth you could afford an 80 20 allocation to equities so it all depends on the person uh, i'm not giving giving a cookie cutter answers or like it come like some of the television ads come these days um, so apply lsg uh, make sure there is sufficient allocation to growth uh, so that your long term goals are met and especially in your younger ages in your younger ages in your 30s you have to make sure that there's sufficient growth allocation so that the inflation adjusted corpus required 
uh, and, and believe me for many people that corpus tends to be closer to two digits two digit crores in rupees so it could be 6 crore 10 crore 12 crore uh uh you know for somebody who's in the so called upper middle class um uh, and uh, that kind of money you can make only through long term investments in equities and within equities make sure that you have good stocks which are resilient which have strong pricing power which are very very well run with good management where the earnings are continuously growing and uh, make sure that you invest or if you don't have time or a good advisor who can give this advice then go for an index fund uh, and and put that money for long term at least 5 years uh, ideally 10 year time frame should be there for equities and then make sure that as you approach your goals you manage the liquidity make sure there there is sufficient money that is going back into debt liquid funds to take care of liquidity as the goals materialize uh, if you are in your later years obviously managing planning retirement in blocks of decades also helps making sure that the allocation in for liquidity safety increases in the later decades so this would be an approach to handle not only inflation but investments as you you know go through the accumulation preservation preservation and decumulation stages of your life right all right so that that's it for today Uh, thanks a lot for joining us today ram it was a very insightful discussion thank you very much thank you shipra nice uh, to meet you that brings us to the end of today's episode if you would like to know more about this topic or make a suggestion of a personal finance topic that you would like us to cover i can be reached at twitter under the username of shipra singh sarath and on linkedin at shipra singh thank you for tuning in see you in the next episode This was a Mint production brought to you by HD Smartcast. HD Smartcast.